When you come in on Monday and you're not feeling real well, does anyone ever say to you, sounds like someone has a case of the Mondays? No, man. I believe you get your ass kicked saying so about that, man. Warnings are for coffee and contemplation. Coffee and contemplation. Drink the coffee, it'll make you feel better. Sir, do you realize that you're not drinking regular coffee, but Colombian decaffeinated coffee crystal? What? Picks you up, calms you down, it's the lifeblood that drives the dreams of champions. Now he's been down in the basement drinking coffee for about the last four hours, and he should be all ready to go. I'll, I'll call him up. Josh Fuga, defensive tackle for the Virginia Tech Hokies, is joining us. Josh, how you doing, man? Doing good. How y'all? How y'all? We're, we're great. We're great. We're watching this game. We were hoping that Washington would uh, would make a go of it here, and now we're looking to see if this is an interception. It looks like it is. Yeah. It looks mm-hmm. like it is. Mm-hmm. And Josh, make sure you got your TV uh, volume down just so it doesn't interfere with the with the now, interview because we got some we got some stuff we want to do. Pat, do you want to introduce our guest? Give him a full introduction. Absolutely. Josh, welcome. Fired up to have you on here after the start of the third quarter. Uh, So Josh Fuga, defensive tackle for Virginia Tech, number six from Northern Virginia, has played in a remarkable 48 games in his career. And uh, we're looking to get that number well over 60 next year. I know you're running it back here, Josh. One more yes. time for the Hokies this fall. Where are you One calling in from? You, uh, you at home? Yeah, I'm at home uh, over here at Woodbridge. So, chilling, just watching the game. Nice, man. How was your break? I know you got, a, what, a week left until you go back? Yeah, it's been real good. Uh, spent a lot of time with family and friends, you know. Uh, getting my brother acclimated to, to the weight room, you know. So, everything's good. There we go. So, just – Talking about the season, I mean, we had a ton of fun uh, up in Annapolis, and I know you guys really just relished it and enjoyed it. capping off a season like that. After the Rutgers game, we go back to September, you had some commentary where you were talking talking up Kyron after his first start, and you were fired up that the guys fought. It didn't go great, but you guys fought. And then there was a quote saying that the loss hurt but you had emphasized that this team was going to keep going and that you were going to lead for the lunch pail defense and that you were, you were going to give your all for the guys in the locker room. Did you have a feeling that the team was about to turn the corner? Like, was there a certain moment or after a certain game that you felt like, Hey, we're so close. Um, Really going in, going into the season, you know, everybody had their, the normal hype, you know, everybody is, oh, man, I like, can't wait for season, all this and that, you know. But I was more so like, you know, let's just take this one game at a time, you know, regardless of what the outcome is, you know, let's go put in the work on the field and put on display what we have been doing all season. And all season, throughout the whole season, I knew that this team just felt different, you know, as the camaraderie, the work ethic, the – the brotherhood, all the relationships that I see, you know, it, it felt different. And for a team that's two years under a new coaching staff to to turn around and do what we did, you know, it says a lot. And it holds weight of what I said early in the season in September. Yeah, I mean, those those comments, they, they got a lot of uh, notice. And I'm just curious, like, what was it about? Is it the staff? Is it the new, like, 
Pry and the guys that he's brought in, do they kind of give a different feeling to the locker room when it comes to those losses that you're able to take them and be like, you know what? I still believe in this process. And mm-hmm. I, I think we're, we're get, we're just this close. Like I said before, it was everybody buying in. And I felt that in the off season, you know, there, there wasn't a doubt in my mind that nobody's quote unquote faking it or just trying to get by and trying to get to the season, you know, this team put in that extra work, you know, whether it's coming in on Saturdays and trying to get an hour work in with footwork, you know, but you see different position groups going at different times on the weekends going in and just putting work until they cry, whether it's 20 minutes of just straight footwork or speed work for the offensive lineman, or you see defensive lineman doing handwork and then you go out, and the next hour, you see the next group of receivers, DBs, quarterbacks, running backs coming in to get routes in and everything else. And it's, that there told me as a veteran of the group, said this team is very different. I feel very good about the team. And, you know, obviously we, we started out the season not how we wanted to, but I believed in the work that we put in that we're going to come out the way we want to come out. That is that is beautiful, man. And being a, a veteran in that locker room you've seen so many young guys come and go mm-hmm. like when you see someone do something special in practice or in a game it puts you on notice could you maybe tell us someone that uh that stood out to you this year maybe one of the younger guys that you were like wow this guy could be special down the road man really all the young guys you know you got you got um, Jeremiah And you can Coney. stick to defense, too, since that's your side of the ball. If, but but anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I, I just want to, you know, give praise to all the young guys, really, because really the young guys is really the heart and beat of the team. As they, you know, some go to the scout team and all this, but at the end of practice, we're hearing numerous comments from coaches saying that, oh, this young guy out here giving the ones and twos the work. And that's where the Hokey Stone players come in, like every that you see on Instagram. Like those are those young guys that's giving the extra effort, making sure that the guys that play on Saturday are see, get the best looks, you know. So I want to give a shout out to Jeremiah Coney, you know, one guy who, you know, obviously dealt with some things going into the season, but come back and shows that he's that hard-nosed, tough running back that everybody was talking about. Then you got the Dante Lovett, you know, who, who came in, you know, and did his thing. Um, you got Braylon Johnson. You got Caleb Woodson, who's – shout out to Northern Virginia, but he's from, from Northern Virginia too on the battlefield, you know. So I know a little bit of the Woodsons, you know, uh, love his mom, love his dad, his brothers, you know. But, yeah, you got all the young guys that just bought into what we were doing in the offseason, you know, because obviously you you have the older guys and the vets that, that are, are going to play and that's trying to push everybody along. Like, come on, like this is what we got to do. This is what we got to do. We got to do this. We got to put in the extra time. But, no, you you got young guys already inside of the, the position rooms that's doing things on their own. That's in the – like, you don't see things. You really don't. Like, it's like – 
you go to a restaurant and you see your food come out, but you don't see what's happening in the kitchen. No, I, and the funny thing was, I think Dax maybe last year put out like his day of stuff that he does. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh my God, these kids, like they put so much on the student athletes. It's, yes. it's unbelievable what you guys deal with. And I'm wondering, you going into this super, super senior year, <laughs> like, will they let you out of some of that stuff? Like, you know how the veterans at training camp get to get out of some workouts? Like, is that, are you going to oh, have to, uh, nah, <laughs> nah, me, nah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even want to, get even if i was given an opportunity i wouldn't get out in the workouts because i get to the next level i gotta there ain't no set workout where i gotta show up 6 a.m now i gotta do that on my own so <laughs> i'm gonna go in the workout even if i was given an option to not go so nah i'm gonna definitely go well i uh, pat you want to ask him about some of these portal editions i think yeah obviously you know over the last few weeks uh we've had quite the amount of additions on the defensive side of the ball, um, you know, particularly at defensive tackle at linebacker. What is your general feeling of, of these new defensive tackles coming in? Uh, what's the vibe around the room there with coach price? Oh man, it's great. You know, to, to build on to what we're losing, like Nero Pollard, Mario Kendricks and Fidelius Payne, you know, those guys are a big chunk of, why, why we did what we did last year, you know. So to add someone to some guys to fill up that position, you know, it feels great, you know. Um, Is there one of those guys that you think you would fit in well with, like whether it's Peebles or Copeland or any of the guys that might be coming up, like uh, the younger guys? Because it's playing defensive tackle and you have seen those three older guys go out the door, your brothers, the guys you've been playing with forever. Uh, who do you think you fit in well with, with some of these new guys coming in? Cause you have a distinct style than, than maybe people's does. Yeah. So everybody has, like you said, great, great that you pointed out. Everybody has their own style and how they play. You know, one person might be better than the other guy in this vice versa, the other way, you know, coach price hones on that. Like, you know, I do this better than this person. This person does this better than me. But I fit in with, well with all the all the guys that's coming in. You know, there's a reason why they're coming here to Virginia Tech, and there's a reason why I stuck here for one more year. You know, I have no choice but to to, to play with him. You know, so yeah, it's yeah. not a guy that ah oh, no take me out if he goes in now. Nah, that's not how it is. I go in, and whoever's to my right and whoever's to my left, those are guys that's going in. Let's go to war. When you're watching this game here, you're seeing this stud Michigan defensive line. Yeah. And you, you're seeing maybe even a guy that you knew, uh, Cam Good. Uh, did you Were you in the same recruiting class as Cam? Uh, I believe so. Um, I know I know Blake Corn though, for sure. I know him. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and this is – does it motivate you to see, like, when you watch a national championship and you're seeing this uh, stud D line and guys you knew from high school, it's just like, man, is Virginia – Could you do you think that, like, you could get here? This oh, is the kind sure. of this is the this is the level that you want to reach next year. Yeah, for sure. I believe that's what all athletes around. You know, you look, you watch the the biggest accomplishment that an athlete can get at their sport. You know, obviously that goes through my mind. Like, damn, that could be me. Like, I could be in this position, hope being a two gap, or I could be in this position rushing the passer and go tackle Michael Penix or JJ McCarthy. Like, I could be in that. You know. But obviously, we got to work towards it. So yeah. I, it goes through my head. 
Yeah, and we with the twelve team playoff, and if you perform mm. well in the ACC, like who knows what could happen? Sam, did you, I feel like you you're about to say something? Yeah, well, uh, let's see if if Washington Washington needs a drive here. That's a really good tight end screen there to get just across midfield, um, dude. Washington, oh, and a fifteen yard flag. That's huge. Uh, yep. Washington's got some dudes, man. They they really oh yeah do. for sure, and that and they need to start attacking the the flats and the the underneath because. Obviously, Michigan is giving them respect uh, to their 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 receivers, you know, because they got a receiving core. But there's always a hole in the defense. You just always know that. <laughs> uh, not to get too deep in the X's and O's, Josh, but something that Washington has done really well under Kalen DeBoer, their head coach and play caller, is also something that Tyler Bowen started to do with Virginia Tech this year, and that's they use motion on almost every pre-snap. And what that does is it kind of freezes you as a defender for a little bit because yes. huge change. The guys you're looking at, all of a sudden they're snapping the ball, and instead of being on your toes ready to fire off, you're on your heels. How exactly. big is pre-snap motion? That how, how does that affect you as a defender and as specifically as a defensive tackle in the run game? Oh, man. So, you know, as a defensive tackle, you, you might not see – Every single motion, right? But you know, as as a veteran, I'll just go through what I go through. You know, I look at the backfield set, then I look at the line, look at splits of levels and everything. But really, all the motion is doing, as Coach Marv says, it's eye candy. It's to get your your eyes out of place. You know, but we have a thing um, on the defense called forty four. Four things you do before the snap. You know, you got your alignments. You know, you got to be in the right alignment. Then you got to be in the right stance. You got to look at your key. And then you got to be – you got to know your assignment. You know, so all this motions, everything, they do this motion to go here and to come back just to run inside zone. It's all eye candy. That's all it is. Uh, but it, it's very important because if, if they keep on motion and everything, that means that they they don't trust that you know where you're going. You know, so it's very important to make sure your eyes are in the right place. Now, Josh, taking it a little bit off of the field for a second, like you're one of the personalities on the team that we've heard a lot about. Like people, pe- people speak highly of the way you're an outgoing guy. You like to have a little fun in the locker room. Is um, who's like? Is there someone that's obnoxious in the locker room? Like someone that's always trying to dance or play music or anything like that? <laughs> and, and I'm hoping it's not you, but. Let me know. Is there is there someone that we need to know about that's uh, that's kind of a fool in the locker room? <laughs> I wouldn't say a fool. Um, going into locker room is there's already a set playlist. Like there's always an iPad connected to the thing, and we we let that play. And if you want to listen to your own music, you listen to your own music. But not nah, like there's not in the pregame. There's not one person that's not locked into that mode. Not one guy that's buddy you around or. You know what you would think a fool would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, at the end of the game, I, I'm one of those obnoxious dudes. I'm out there <laughs> dancing. I'm out there hooting and hollering, throwing waters and everything. I'm were you, one of those were you guys. with uh, Stu Holt when he was getting down? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I was. I'm pretty sure you see the gift that I mean, the little thing that's going around when when we beat who we beat. I forgot who we beat that day, but when we were dancing, yeah. That, was, was, one of that was one of the best videos of of the season. Was when mm-hmm. when he was getting down. Now, do you? Uh, 
Yeah, are you a dancer? Will you say? Will you get in that circle and and, and throw down a little bit? Uh, if it's something that my knees can handle, you know. So <laughs> if, if I gotta, you know, if I feel a little bit of tension in the knees, I ain't doing it. <laughs> Do you wear the braces? Are you are are you one of those? Like I know a lot of the offensive linemen wear the braces on their knees. Are you, are you wearing braces when you're playing? Nah, not when I'm playing. But we do have every single D tackle has to wear it during practice throughout the whole week. Okay. You have to wear it, yeah. Gotcha. That that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And Pat, I, I was wondering. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I got a few here about the season. So we we interviewed Kyron yesterday and uh, asked him questions about uh, moments in Lane Stadium. Uh, one, what was the loudest moment personally for you in Lane Stadium this fall? This fall. Ooh, I say when I have my sack at Syracuse, <laughs> that thing, oh, man. So I think I was the second one to, to get the sack that game. Uh, shout out my my guy, CJ McCray, who uh, helped me with that in the whole defense line. But I say once I popped up, it was so loud to where I didn't even know what I wanted to do for a celebration. And I was like, man, I like going to the casino, so let me go ahead and shoot some dice or whatever. But that that was pretty loud. That was I loud. felt like I felt like this year we saw a lot of good celebrations, whether it was out of the defensive line or it was out of the wide receivers doing their uh, the the Spider Man. Oh meme. man! Oh, that was legit. Yeah, that that's kind of crazy. So <laughs> so there's a funny little story in spring camp. Uh, I think it was our last our last scrimmage that we had before the game. I'm not sure, but I know it was towards the end. And we had like a little celebration going on. And we was like, we had this certain package come on the field. And it was like, whoever gets the, uh, the sack, everybody else on the D line has to stand still like bowling pins. And the guy who got the sack, um, rolls the bowling ball. And I was like, nah, that'll be too much. We might have to roll or do some type of punishment for doing that. Cause it was like a real game. So I was like, why don't we just do the Spider-Man thing? Y'all ever seen that? He's like, yeah, but nah, we're not, we're not gonna do that. I'm like, okay. So I think I think it was actually Norrell Pollard who got the sack. And I'm like, I'm already standing still. I'm waiting for everybody else to come over here and stand still. <laughs> Next you know, the ref threw the flag. And I'm like, oh my goodness. And at the end of the scrimmage, you know, we had to do our little punishment, yeah. whatever, for getting the flag. Hey, but yeah, I wanted to do this, I wanted to do the Spider-Man, and I wanted to be the first one on the team to do it, but do you Jake think Juan next year you could do the uh, Tim Settle Penguin for us? Do you remember when he used oh, to do that? Oh, no, that, that's his thing. That's his own deal. <laughs> you don't want to do that. That's like trying to take somebody's handshake because okay, it looks cool. Okay. Nah, you can't do that. <laughs> that's fair enough. What yeah. would you say, uh, Josh, what would you say was your favorite singular moment from last season on defense? Oh, man. I have a lot. Um I have a lot. It had to be either Rutgers. Uh, I'll say that whole game, I just felt in tune to my training. You know, even though that we didn't come out on top, I felt as if, like, me personally, like, I watched the film, like, my footwork was right. Everything was strike. Everything was going good. I felt as if, like, that was probably fundamentally one of my best games. Mm-hmm. And that's and then, why you had such a strong reaction after the game is because you you felt even despite the loss, despite mm-hmm. the fumble and everything that went on in that game and yeah. not coming out on top, you had that strong feeling that 
I feel like we're close. I feel like I yeah. played a good game and the guys played a good game. Yeah, for sure. Every, like, even though the game didn't start how we wanted and they had this X amount of points, they had this, we was battling back a little bit. And that's what you want to see in the team, you know? You want to see teams that battle back from how they ever started, you know? So I felt really strong about the team and, it, and we paid dividends at the end. You see this question that's on the screen right here. It says, ask Josh his expectations for next year. ACC championship? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, and as an athlete, you said, like, you expect the best. So yeah, it, you're exactly. not going to expect anything less than an ACC championship. But do you think that the Hokies and our fans should – should we ready ourselves to the idea that, like, we can compete at the highest level with the team we got coming back? Mm-hmm. Uh, you like I like you say you hit it on the nail like you expect the best going into every single like it's it's like a ongoing record play it's the same thing that goes on every year you know with the same emotions and everything but you just have to put in the work and I believe that the work that we put in last off season will only quadruple or whatever like you gonna have those guys buying even the new guys that's coming in they're gonna buy and they're gonna be like. What can I do to be on this team and be an impact? You know, um, so I believe that you know we're going to have that. We're going to we're going to have that. Nice, we're going to have man. that ACC. Well, I you really appreciate you 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 coming on, and um, I'm sorry, Pat. I'm taking the words right out of your mouth. But <laughs> we we got some other guests that we're bringing onto the show. But Josh, your time I know it's valuable, but we really appreciate you hanging out with us tonight. And, uh, we're looking forward to seeing what the team brings on the field next season. Yes, sir. Appreciate y'all. Later, buddy. Thanks, Thank you, Josh. Best of luck this offseason, man. All right. Let's see who we got here. Oh, boy. Oh, <laughs> real, real quick, I'm just going <laughs> to say this. Uh, Michigan's going to have to throw the ball to win this game. They are refusing to throw the football. Washington is in this thing. They need a touchdown this drive, though. Clark, welcome to the show, bud. You got quite the background behind Yeah, you. man. That background is sick. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> this is only about a third of the helmets in this room right now. I was going to say, <laughs> so is that to, if you were to like, let's say you sell that house you're living in, how much work would you have to do to the drywall? <laughs> uh, there's 40 plus helmets on the wall, so quite a bit. But it's not, it's not too bad because uh, the little hooks—they're just little bathroom hooks from Lowe's. So it's two screws. But yeah, probably would have to do quite a bit because all the frames and stuff up here, they're all like mounted in. So it's uh yeah, it'll be a little bit of work, but hey, gotcha. moving to a new house would be a lot of fun, but not for another couple more years. <laughs> there we go. So we got we got uh Coach Beamer's last game twenty five behind you. We have a thirty two uniform from it looks like two thousand seven. Darren Evans. We have we have um Andre Davis right behind you. And then who's the 95 on the, on the far right there. That's just a, uh, that's a sugar bowl Jersey from 95. Um, I bought it on eBay actually. Um, but I saw that and I was like, I got to get the number 95. I mean, that's to me, that's the most important game in tech history is 95 sugar bowl. They don't win that game. The trajectory of the program changes a little bit. Um, you know, but they, they upset Texas that night, and I don't even know if it was an upset. I mean, they just dominated Texas. So uh, when I saw that jersey on eBay, I was like, I have to have it. And the funny thing is, like, uh, my buddy Barrick, 
he texted me immediately. He's like, did you see that jersey on eBay? And I was like, <laughs> yes. He goes, so you were the one that was bidding on it against me. And I was like, I was not going to lose that jersey. That's um, hilarious, dude. So then well, I got yeah, Coach but- Beamer to sign it, too. So it's kind of oh, cool. So the value is just going up and up. Well, if you guys don't know, for those that are listening, might not know who Clark is. He is the creator of something you may have used, the uniform builder over the years. He is the one that maintains and updates that. He brought us the ultimate VT helmet bracket a couple years ago. And I would say it's been a while. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's a few. We probably should do a new one at some point. <laughs> yeah, you, you got to do the helmet bracket. In with this new but Nike Clark stayed at my Clark stayed at my place when we when we went up to the Rutgers game. We had a blast. And I would say that. No one knows the history of Virginia Tech aesthetics better than Clark Rulin. And so that is why we wanted to bring you on a, on the show. I wanted to ask you about your fandom, and we can clearly see it behind you a little bit. But you are one of the most dedicated Hokies fans we know, particularly when it comes to meta- memorabilia. And so you've got some good helmets in the shot. How? And did you say you had 40? Is it 48 that you said you have behind you? I've got at least 43 right now, but <laughs> they wore a different helmet for the, the bowl game. So that'll get added eventually. I've got some in the, in the storage room over there that are ready for the additions whenever they happen. What was your, what would you say your most prized hokey possession is or your most prized piece of memorabilia? Oh gosh. It's a hard question. I would probably I say, I'd probably say the, the helmet right here. You can't really see it. But the uh, that helmet that went with uh, the Beamer, uh, the Beamer uh, uniforms, that was the first piece of memorabilia I got. Um, so that really started the collection, and uh, it was given to me by Coach Boleyn and, and Coach Beamer after uh, I helped design the the logo for the retirement campaign that he had at the end of the 2015 season. So I didn't want anything in return for it. I was very honored to to play a small part in, in the legacy that coach Beamer left here at Virginia tech. And he's still got going on today. I mean, we saw him at the women's basketball game yesterday, um, but I didn't want anything for it. And so uh, lo and behold, I got the Jersey and the helmet. And then that kind of started the slippery slope with the helmet collection going on after that. But I he, do wanna... uh, he signed it and all that fun stuff too, which was cool. I know we want to get into some uniform stuff with you, but you can see this comment from Billy Ray Mitchell on the screen. Can someone inquire with Clark to rank the state rivals he dislikes the most? <laughs> well, hold on. <laughs> uh oh. So while, while oh, back quick. I have this. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we had it at the uh, at the UVA tailgate, but yes, I mean. Come on, man. That pretty much says it all right that? there. Yeah, yeah. What right? kind of question is that? I I don't really have anything against uh, against JMU or Old Dominion um, or William and Mary or any of those other schools. So uh, no, nah, I don't. I don't. I don't. I would. I would say I would rank them. Um, you know, my mom has a graduate degree from UVA. I, I have nothing against Virginia, but when Tech plays UVA, I mean that's the one I get riled up for the most because Izzy and I went to the UVA game this year and that was the first time we went to the uva game together she's like you're getting really really worked up about this game i'm like (laughs) it's the virginia game i mean this is the one that like every year in elementary school and middle school and high school this was the game because you know going to school in this area it was a split you know there was tech fans there was uva fans and um and so you know 
the UVA game was the game. So I, it's still, I still get worked up over. I, I don't want to see Tech ever lose to Virginia. I don't want to see him lose any game, but UVA, no. Go ahead, Sam. Oh, my, well, quick looking at the game. Washington had a couple plays, but their offensive line is just killing them right now. Uh, they can't they, they can't block anybody. They don't know the snap count. They can't get out the screen block. Uh, Clark, uh, part of the like the in-state stuff, and I think Virginia Tech is also in this mode where they're trying to rebuild the, the brand. Oh, he should have had Virginia Tech. And uh, something happened on the. Yeah, it was it was just a missed catch again. Like this is this is the difference between the Texas game and this game is that Penix was fitting those balls into the tightest windows and hitting everybody, and now he's just a little long. This is and that fourth down play in the first half. Oh, I felt so bad. Yeah. By the way, we got we got Curtis in the in the chat as well now. So Curtis, welcome. Curtis, thank you so much. Curtis, what's up, guys? He is one of the uh, the founders and co-hosts of the Boundary Corner podcast, and uh, he's been kind enough to have me and Billy on on his show in the past. So we had to repay the favor and get him on the national championship stream. But we are in the middle of uh, talking to Clark, and we're going to make this a kind of a roundtable discussion as, as Sam goes here. Yeah. So what my quick question for Clark is, you know, as Tech looks to be like the brand in the state mall, is is it important for Tech to maybe go and you know, try to go back to their roots and some of their looks and some of the, you know, everybody jokes about like the color of the uniforms at Virginia Tech themselves don't really have anything to do about that. That's a factory thing. Yes, yeah, a Nike think, thing. Yeah. Do you think it's important that Tech goes back to a more classic, what we know of Virginia Tech and maybe not try to do new stuff, maybe go throwback for, for, for everything? Oh, I totally agree. I think there's that fine balance between finding a, a classic look, but not being too old. Um, you know, I like the the number font that they use now. It's a little different than you know your standard kind of blockiness like this one. Um, but you could have a still a, a, a classic look with that. You know the double outlines. Um, you know you don't have to go too crazy with the stripes um, or any of that kind of stuff. I mean, I understand the look that they were going for. In 2018, when they changed the uniforms, they were going for the core cadets look with the the stripes on the uh, like the the belt stripes, the white. That's kind of where that came from. Um, but uh, I think you kind of this this coaching staff uh, they they like traditional look. I mean, a lot of them came from Penn State. You know, they they have very simple designs, and um, I think the fan base likes that simple simple design. Um, you know, it's very iconic for sure. Um, you know, maybe change the helmets up a little bit, that kind of stuff. I like the white helmet in the rotation. I don't like it being worn seven out of the, the 12 game or seven out of the 13 games. Agreed. Yeah. Um, you know, I like the maroon look, but you know, on a special occasion, that white helmet does look good. I was going to say, do you know any, uh, do you know any facts about when the last time tech went an entire home slate without wearing maroon, maroon, white? Cause I don't think we saw it once this year. I honestly can't remember. Yeah, it never happened. Well, yeah. they they liked the white maroon look or white maroon white look to start uh, in 2022. Um, so I I'm sure they had at least at some point here. Uh, let me pull up the uh, the old uniform builder. Well, While that's you're looking that up, Clark. Yeah, I, I did want to ask about um, 2018. We we're just talking about that. I went and bought. 
a jersey right when they came out in 2018 because I loved the hokey stone etching on numbers. I thought that was super unique, totally new, I love totally that look. different, and really just yeah. cool and different. Um, you know, any Easter egg or opportunity? Do you know if hokey stone etching is going to make its way on this? Uh, on what we're getting in the fall? What can you tell us? Because we I know have you no know. idea. Well, listen, we I have don't no idea, know. We honestly. don't know that we're getting new uniforms next fall. That is not public knowledge. They're... None of us actually know. But if we were to see uniforms going forward that were new, I, I want to ask Curtis and Clark, like, what do you want those uniforms to look like? Like, Curtis, what, what would you want us to go with a more traditional look on some uniforms? Well, definitely a more traditional look. I mean, I love the solids of the late 2000s early, or excuse me, late 90s, early 2000s. But I'm with Pat on this. I love the hokey stone etching inside the numbers. Bring back that I more solid look. Keep that. And then, you know, think about some of the, the the I don't know how you, what you describe them. I always describe them as pinstripes, like from the mid-2000s. Mm-hmm. That looked good as stripes. Could you imagine an all maroon with the white or orange little stripe, the hokey stone etching? And then this is me personally. I love having the orange numbers on the side. I want that forever. Unless we're going orange, then, you know, you go maroon or white. Yeah, I like the orange numbers as well on the side. I know it's some some think it's good, some don't like it. Um, but that just that's the tech feel, you know. Yes. Yeah, well, the funny thing is, Clark, like we were you mentioned the way the the new uniforms or the current uniforms look. They're kind of a throwback to the core cadets. I don't think a lot of people know that. And I think a lot of our fans, maybe not a lot, but a, a vocal minority don't like the current jerseys. But when when we were hanging out, you were kind of saying like no one has that design. It's kind of a and no, especially when you when you told me that it was linked to the core, cause I had never thought of that or heard that, but with the straps that come over the shoulder, like it actually is, it's pretty cool. Huge. Yeah. And, and I know that there was discussion at that point with the administration, you know, what if we can do a blue Jersey, but that, that got axed obviously <laughs> with the, with the team up the road. So, you know, you don't want to do uh don't want to do a navy blue jersey, but that ma- that would match the core cadets. Um, there was a dark gray slash black one that I had seen renders of uh, with the hokey stone helmet and all that stuff, um, but that just never came to fruition. That probably would have been a little bit closer to the core cadets look, um, you know, especially since they you know the whole hokey stone uh, effect would have would have been pretty cool, but yeah. You know, Bygones be bygones. The yeah. the thing about this is that Nike is moving to this fuse template. Um, you've seen it in the NFL, and I mean Michigan's got it right here, and uh, a lot of a lot of schools have moved on. I mean it's it was 2018. I mean just because of COVID, everything doesn't seem like it's been that long ago, but that was five years ago. Um, you know this this uniform this uniform right here, they only wore that 2004 through 2007. So it was not that long. And, you know, Curtis said, you know, that's one of his favorite looks because of the, yeah. the piping and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so everybody's everybody's Curtis transitioning that. That was, all the time. That was a great, that's just part that was of a great it. look. But you're Xavier right. These things are, are quick. amazing in that jersey. <laughs> yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> all right. Can I ask you a question? Clark, you just you, you hinted at something uh, from like a gray uniform. 
And I don't want to take us too far off track here. But speaking of gray uniforms, 2013, we open up against Alabama. and That was the worst uniform ever. We see I don't even get me started on how bad that was. We just see James Gale standing there in this all gray uniform holding the helmet. And we're like, is this is it April Fool's Day? Like, what's going on? Is there a backstory? That was awful. What, what happened here? I honestly, I mean, I, I really don't know much beyond just what was revealed. Um, I, I'd heard rumblings that they were going to do something special for the Alabama game. But, oh, I mean, that was just, it looked like it was slapped together. Um, it was the Nike jerseys. It wasn't even like part of the Nike template. It was this powers group that, that did it. Um, but man alive, like Dude, the VT so logo bad. on the front was bad. Oh, oh. it was just, it's funny I'm because they when never... it got released, I remember, uh, the pictures like hit the key play and it's going through the boards and oh, we're yeah. all talking about it and everyone's like, Oh, it's a fake. It's a fake. That's not real. It's so bad that it can't possibly be real. And it was real and it was not spectacular. It was. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's take this conversation from one very subjective thing in uniforms to <laughs> another subjective thing. And I want to ask Curtis first, we're looking back at this season, a season where we kind of start in the toilet, things aren't looking so good. And then we turn it around. And like Josh Fuga said, like th- the team was close. They turned the corner and it ended up being awesome. Both of you are diehards locked into every game. What were each of your favorite moments from the season? And and Curtis, I, I'm putting you on the spot a little bit here, but I want you to go first. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, I'll say this. It goes to the pit game, and, and we mentioned it a few weeks ago, and it's still my moment. If you remember in that game, we're up two touchdowns. They punt the ball. We're deep in our own zone. Zone. They get Kyron. He fumbles it. They get a fumble return for seven. It's 28-21. And for the last five or six years, when that happened, it felt like the wheels came off for all of us. Like, oh God, it's gonna it's gonna happen again. We're gonna we're gonna lose the game. They can't move the ball offensively, but somehow they're gonna flukely score a couple plays, and we're gonna lose 31-28. Go to that next series, calm, cool. Kyron Drone steps out there. Jalen Lane, fifty plus yard or seventy plus yard touchdown. And then we all, it was just like, wait a second. That's not the script the last five or six years. The script has been we lose these games in some way, shape, or fashion. That was my play of the year. Yeah, I, I actually I love that choice. It's because you're you're absolutely right. That was like, oh man, it's over. Oh no, we're back. We're good. We're good. I, I love that choice, Curtis. Clark, give me yours. I mean, <laughs> Tootin's kickoff return against Virginia was it for me. <laughs> Um, I mean, I, Izzy can attest, uh, when we were there at the game. I mean, I, I absolutely lost my mind when he put his hand in the air. Now I know he was pointing at the screen. At least that's what he says he was doing. But, um, I mean, UVA had just scored and, you know, it was like, oh, there goes the shutout kind of thing. But then he ran that kickoff back and ran into the, into the hill. That was to me, I, that was the moment. And then hearing Bill Ross call, you know, oh. the next day. It's just like, man, like that was that's vintage tech right there. That to, to me, I mean, that's something that we've been missing for a while. And that's kind of why I point to that as like the play of the year for sure. And I, I that's why that. I, I had to bring it up when we talked to Bill Roth. Earlier. I am sorry, Sam. 
uh, when he said it's a hokey takeover <laughs> of the hill in Charlottesville. Party Which on wasn't Hokies. the first time that it happened. That's right, for sure. <laughs> right. I mean, what a call that was. Go ahead, Sam. No, I just, I mean, I know the fourth quarter just ended up. Uh, that was a pretty quick two or three minutes there. To end. It was. Uh, Curtis, I wanted to ask you as, you know, Tech had all these good moments, still only a seven and six team, right? So you're pretty, you know, end of the day, you're a slightly above average football team. Has Tech done what they need to do in the portal in recruiting? to bolster this roster specifically on the line of scrimmage, the two areas that have been, that really hurt this team, probably lost in two games uh, of this year is just difficulty in the line of scrimmage. No doubt about it. I think as far as defensive line, they have, I think between Copeland, I think between Gillian and Peoples, I'll go with Fuga, throw your Wilford Panay in there who've popped at times, who probably can play both a three and a five technique. So he's got some position flexibility playing with the ends there. Offenses I'm still worried about. Um, I think Cunningham, if, if y'all haven't listened to the inside the tunnel interview, oh my God, he reminds me so much of Sergio Render, so much of Sergio, he's a deep Georgia boy, he wants to fish, and he drops several choice words, <laughs> normally not on that podcast, but I wanted one more offensive lineman, I think. I'm not trying to bust anybody here. I think to see the three young guys, the way they played, and then the way Caden Moore played at center this year, that was like a big step. But obviously there are parts of our line that struggled. And I think Montavious Cunningham is a big addition. But I wish we could get one more. Mm-hmm. And unless there's like a Lath Ganim, who is a pretty highly rated prospect, unless over the course of uh, – I wish Josh was still on here. I think they've already started – Unless he takes a big step in the winter workouts and then takes a huge step in spring, we're missing one offensive lineman, in my opinion. I, but that's offensive line's position group, too. Somebody's going to get injured, right? Always. Something's going to happen. you got to have depth there. So I, I do have a, a ways to go on that. They have figured out the portal a lot better than a lot of other teams. Um, and I think that's that's critical. I mean, uh, you know, I was talking with with Thomas Gary. He used to work work at Tech, and he worked the at Gary Georgia Signal. Tech, and now he's that's right. Uh, so uh, we were talking. He's he's head of roster management at Appalachian State, and he's he said the portal is almost more important than recruiting. Um, you know, I mean, it's it how that management, how the portal management, and you only have that short amount of time that you can. You can work uh, work the system, but you know, I mean, you've got to stay in contact with these guys all the time. And uh, you know, I think Tech is really starting to figure things out. I mean, it's it the staff isn't isn't playing around. They're they're bringing in the right guys, and um, they should be all right. They should be all right with everything for next year for sure. And let's let's put this on the screen really quick. Realistic record for twenty four. Listen, I never want to put any guest on the spot, but we were talking to Dwight Vick and Kyle Bailey about potential um, record predictions and the fourth quarter is starting. So we're going to, we're going to move this through, but how do you guys feel about going eight wins plus next year? Curtis, go ahead. Well, I was eight wins plus this year and I still stand on my mantra. If Kyron drones had started game one, we would have won eight plus games this year. I stand on that because the two worst teams we played, we wouldn't want to one against. We should not have went one to one against them. That is um, realistic record. If you take a look at the schedule, um, you know, Rutgers having to come down, Marshall having to come to Lane Stadium, going to Vanderbilt, which somebody put on here. Uh, yeah, it's going to be 75 25 Hokies. 
maroon and orange are taking over that town Labor Day weekend. Just go ahead and write it down. Are you going? I'm trying. <laughs> Peach, you know, dude, I got three kids, a dog, and a wife. I can't just like drive <laughs> the car and drive to Nashville in the old time. I, I get in trouble for that crap. Um, trying to convince her to go. Wow. So if I can get that, I'll definitely be there. I think April it is April. interesting. I found out about uh, so I got some friends that work at Vanderbilt and uh, was out there, you know, right before the New Year's, and they said that they're having the game at the the Vanderbilt Stadium. Half of the, one of the end zones should be done with the construction, but the other one should is not going to be. But because the game was scheduled to be played at Nissan Stadium and now it's been moved, they still have to give the full allotment to Tech fans <laughs> that that they had at Nissan Stadium. So it's going to be sold more tickets to Tech fans, but they fully expect. I mean, it's it's a it's a fan base that that knows that when they host games, it is a takeover. I mean, you look at Georgia and Florida and Tennessee and all these schools that play them every year it is a takeover because it's Nashville. Um, but you know, they, they know how to work the system. And, and in fact, they had a discussion about uh, ticket prices and they're like, Virginia tech fans are going to travel. This is going to be one of the premier games for sure. So um, yeah, the Nashville game I'm looking forward to. I I don't really make predictions, um, like number predictions or anything like that. Uh, a lot of people gave me crap because I said that Tech was going to make it to a bowl game, especially after that one and three start. They made a bowl game. I mean, that's where I met Curtis. Um, so, <laughs> Clark at the bowl game was great, by the way. Was <laughs> one, was one amazing tailgate. Uh, maybe I we saw had a little some too pictures much of that. I, I got insanely jealous. I didn't realize you guys were going to link up before the game with so much of the other crew and that tablecloth with the turkey on it. Was that oh, that, that tablecloth? That was crazy. Whose was that, Curtis? It was either Stevens or it was either Nate's. I want to say it was Nate's because he like that was custom out. made. It was custom. Oh, it, yeah. yeah. It was very, very well done. And and the bourbon spread was even better. I mean, it was there was a lot of single barrel stuff there. We could awesome. but the problem was is you couldn't drink too much of it. One, because you, you still had to go to the game, but man, the lines for the for the Porta Johns were absolutely awful. I mean, that was the worst I had ever seen anywhere at a game. Because you had to drop a knee in the parking lot or something then. Uh, Yeah. Well, the ladies had to wait a while. (laughs) No, thank you guys so much for joining us. Listen, we're we're up against it with the guests, and we had Josh on, and but we really do appreciate you guys taking time out of your night to to join us and talk to us. And um, you know, I was I was watching Josh Fuga, and he very much reminds me of Sam Rogers. Like he's the transition between the staffs. He's the face of, you know, yeah. face of the, the program to the fan base and everybody loves him. And he's so passionate. Like you can see it the way he plays every, every play. And I'm like, that guy's just like Sam Rogers. Cause he was, he was, he was one that carried the flag, you know, it through the transition and Josh Fug is that point, guy. Yeah. Really great point, actually. It really is. So, all right, guys. Well, thank you all for having us. Yes, we will say goodbye. Clark, love the background. Curtis, we love the podcast. Thank you for doing what you do for Hokie Nation, getting those interviews and putting out those shows every week that so many of our fans enjoy. But much appreciated to both of you guys, and we will talk to you soon. Appreciate it, Pete. Go have a good one. Have you guys seen how frequently they've shown the clip of J.J. McCarthy just sitting, meditating Meditating. next to me? Yeah. Billy's Billy's on mute, but I know what he's saying. He's saying enough. Stop. I've had enough. <laughs> well, I listen, we've Billy, got 
we've got a, a new guest. We've got Ed Williams, co-host What's up? of the Hokie Hoops Pod, joining us. Ed opening up with "What's up" was like <laughs> was like was like minus three thousand. Listen, that he's the three point champ. Right now. <laughs> he yeah. is the three point champ. Three point champ joining the crew here. All right, make sure all your TVs are down, boys, all the way down. Down, boy. <laughs> That that was that was me. Uh, we were uh, back. We were getting the stream set back up. How many so wait, drops we, have since, there since, been tonight? Since we're, since we're all on the same, we're all on the same thing here. What does everyone see? I just I don't want any of you guys screwing this up for me here. <laughs> I don't uh, want you screwing up for me. It's thirteen twenty-five pre-snap. And okay, about, yeah, I got McCarthy licking about his fingers. Snap, here. Just snap the ball. Motion. I mean, he had he had. Roman Wilson wide open for a touchdown right there. He just didn't throw him yeah. the ball. I mean, neither of these quarterbacks are playing very well tonight. No. Well, JJ McCarthy, you, in my opinion, is not that good. Those no. of you watching, this is going to be a little bit more game intensive on the fourth quarter since it is the fourth quarter of the game. We've been doing mostly interviews, glossing. Pete, you have over. no questions for me? Uh, <laughs> it's really Ed. Ed is our special guest right now. Like we we should have questions for him. Ed, what's going on with the men's team? No, forget that. Let's talk about the women's team. <laughs> Damn. Some shade. Yeah, no, thank you. I did, I did not want to talk about that in the middle of the fourth quarter of the night. Dude, what a women's game the other night, though. That was pretty sweet. Oh! Um, what? Washington's getting the ball back. All right, See, Pat, pause. All right, Pat and Pete, you and both that, need to pause. That was a little bit. That yeah, was a little Pat, bit. You, got, you guys need to pause. You need pause. I didn't say anything. No, Pat, yeah, I need you to pause. I thought we were on the same I thought we no, were, we're not. the same thing. Yeah, I, I, I... Myers Park gets better internet than everywhere else. So are you now... Just pa- pause it, pause it for Sam like Sam always says for like the 757 seconds. internet's terrible. So you, yeah, haven't you, seen JJ, you haven't seen JJ roll right and get tripped I'm up. watching the replay of him fall right now. Okay, so I'm watching him scramble. So now they're lining up to punt. Sam is this so is far horrible. behind, he'll finish. No, I've been watching the, the replay of him scramble and fall. I think we're good now. I, he punted now. Just saw him punt. Okay, I you're did. ahead of me. All right, well, you're, you're 20 seconds ahead. Well, Ed, about the women's team. Big win against NC State, right? Yeah, this is horrible content. <laughs> Just it's, no, it's not, Ed. Don't, Ed, don't come back from Jackson Hole and Barbados and then come back. Whoa, whoa the we're house set, is on fire. Billy, Ed, we're Billy settling just, in. Billy internet shaming everybody is not great content. <laughs> Wait. We're, we're yeah. I thought Billy's Tucker all the way to the internet store was one of the funniest <laughs> things to put on here tonight. <laughs> that was, dude, the Taj, the Taj Mahalloway. Are you kidding me? Like, was that, that you? Or was that no, Tucker? Tucker? Tucker said that. I said, dude, you have a sick house. And he goes, yeah, this is a Tucker Taj Mahalloway. I was like, whoa. Hey. whoa. <laughs> dude, we got Pete in the uh, the couch camp. Pete, yeah, Pete, should I move this? over? Should I move over to the beanbag? No. <laughs> Wait, Pete, can you sure. can you explain to me what your setup is? Oh, yeah. So I had I, I have my computer screen right in front of me, but this is the second cam. Fourth quarter cam, crotch shot. No, it, it, <laughs> we're getting loose here in the fourth quarter. But no, I, I got back. When I've done this with, when we did the Boston College game, I did a non. I was trying to act like I'm watching the game on my couch, so I had the mm-hmm. second camera. 
mm-hmm. which is a little bit more natural if we're trying to finish off the game here in the fourth quarter, which that, that I, I may kind of move around. You this guys. is the only fans camera. Basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's exactly what's going on here. I'll switch it back. Cause this is too weird now. <laughs> I kind of like it. It's like one of those, that's like a new thing on TikTok. is they'll set up like a tripod and go to, go to target. And then get in their car and drive away, but then go back and get their tripod. Yeah, it's what are those people weird. doing? Like you, like you're filming your entire visit to Target. Like like why? It. Why would you do that? This is actually a great question. Oh man, we doubled up on the switch. Oh. So, Ed, was it you who said you were like, "What are the odds on both of the coaches at both schools still being there when this game is played?" And I would have been like, "They're definitely both going to still be there." And now I don't know. I said it, I think, like, midway through last year before they ended up beating Clemson. Mm-hmm. I was like, there's no shot Shane's going to be there. And I kind of just haven't strayed away from that. There's no way he's the coach there, I don't think. Uh, unless they just don't care or, or can't afford to pay him. But they're not going to be too. I think they care too much. Um, they're not going to be better. Insane. They're most yeah. certainly going to have a worse year this year than they had uh-huh. next year than they had this year. Um one thing I will say for South Carolina is I think we have an idea of South Carolina as non SEC fans that they are this like program that's used to success outside of like two years with Steve Spurrier. They've never really been even close to the top half of the SEC. Mm-hmm. So this is not like they don't even have near the success historically that tech has over the last few decades. So and like, maybe it's he, just because I follow games, that. Cool with that. Yeah, it's maybe just because I, uh, I I follow a handful of South Carolina fans and I I see a lot of anti Shane stuff. Um, but I mean, obviously, I want him I want him to succeed. I, oh gosh! Oh my gosh! Oh, I haven't seen it yet. They haven't sent the ball yet. What's going to happen? All right, step back. <laughs> play action. So, so many step drops back. tonight. It was middle. A lot of drops. Minutes drop. The oh, defensive man. back play in this game, I think, has been the the star of the show. Both sets of defensive backs have made a lot of good plays. Uh, that was a good play. Cool. Yeah. That's what Michigan's defensive backs. I did not there see that go. coming. They have been yes. all over, arguably the best three wide receiving core in the country, and they've been all over. There it is. There's something, man. We needed a little something, and there's a flag on the play. Oh, if this is holding, I'm gonna freak out. It it might be a holding on 73. It's holding. Mm. I mean, Washington's offensive line has been terrible. They've been absolutely terrible. To be fair, Damn. Michigan is pretty awesome up front. That's true, but I mean, it's it's they've had like three full starts too. The ref might have decided the game right there. I'm not going to lie. That might be game. That's that's weak, man. That is that's weak. Terrible. That's a terrible call. Uh, it's second and twenty. This is Michael Penix here. Come on, I, I dude. I don't. I don't, I don't know if it's terrible. I mean, it's it's holding, but I mean, if he like doesn't do that, it's probably he doesn't hold him. Uh, Penix getting hit in the face. Yeah. Damn. Oh, Billy, Billy Ray asked Josh Fuga this, and I was oh, I, I forgot that you weren't going to be on with him. But you're seeing Washington; they motion almost every play. I know. I asked, as a defensive tackle, what that did to you as an offensive lineman? How does that? help you uh i mean you can definitely manipulate the defense um you can have any time that you're making the defense think about anything more than you know tackling the ball carrier it's helpful 
Um, and then obviously you can move in a wide receiver, or a tight end to do a chip block if you're having trouble with a tight end. But I got to be honest, as the offensive lineman, you're probably not thinking about it a whole lot. And as a defensive lineman, you're not thinking about it a whole lot either. The only time you really are is if you get like a stud defensive end and they're bringing someone down to, to chip you. Um, I don't, I didn't play D line, but I can't imagine they're very concerned with what's going on outside. Oh, sorry, Bill. I thought you were handling these comments now. Oh, my fault. <laughs> Hold on. All right. Now we're, we're good. I, I wanted to ask, are you guys drinking anything on this, on this feed? Sam, drinking water and Himalayan salt. <laughs> Is Billy doing a, a fast? shiner, a little shiner yeah. box? <laughs> you should take a shot every single time you mention that you're doing a fast. <laughs> <laughs> I realized today that I might be in too many group chats with Billy Ray because he has told every group chat. That he's doing this oh fast. yeah, people need people need to know. People need to know if I'm gonna if I'm I don't want to suffer alone. I I. It's not a love language. It's more like a I I'm just like a I'm like a puppy dog. I need some I need some companionship. <laughs> this is actually kind of a good question here. What would the score be if Hokies were playing Michigan? I think uh, Michigan would beat us 28 to 13. Pat. No. No. I, I but have we improved past the floor? Because this, they're a team as good of as course. Florida State, if not. So we've improved. So what was the Florida State final score? No, Michigan they're, would score more, and we would score more too. They're way better than Florida State. Yeah, I, I think Tech would really struggle to move the ball, and, and that's, yeah, and that, that's how would we move the ball? Yeah, Michigan. Yeah, we would give it to XTB. He would have like <laughs> two or three scores. Three, three jet sweeps. I think Brian might have it right here. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's the closest answer we've gotten <laughs> this guy is drinking blanton's uh i'm having a hardywood gbs this is mm. the 2023 version of gbs it's still hitting i'm starting to get a little buzz going you can tell i'm sitting in the beanbag but <laughs> but no, I think things things are good uh is anyone else pat are you drinking anything still doing jack and coke uh, I had one Jack and Coke. I've I've transitioned to the Pabst Blue Ribbon. Ooh. If you guys didn't know, you can get it in Lane Stadium at the venue stand in the east <laughs> corner over by Gate 3. I think Gate 4. Southeast I, corner. By the way, we had to kind of cut Bryce off, so I invited him back for the fourth quarter. That's If that's okay for you guys. That's exciting. I will give you a, a, a – so, all right, let's start taking bets. Is he asleep? Is he doing feeding time or I can't make it? What is the, what is the, what is the, what is the answer? 13 minutes ago, he said, no way. I'll join back shortly. Oh, wow. He likes you more than he likes me. He's not back yet. (laughs) Wait, does, does this guy want to hang out? Clark, do you want to hang out? Oh, we got oh, hey, we'll bring Clark back. <laughs> I can't believe there are, four, there are 52 people watching this. If you guys have questions or topics to talk about, shoot them in because we're just going to be talking about the game and whatever. So if you have any questions, feel free to feel free to fire away. All right, let's talk about this one. I know the Hokies fan has said this a few times. NCAA football 2025. Is the trailer coming out tonight? I was told, I you know, there were rumors oh, in the Twitter sphere. 
that it was coming out. I haven't seen anything yet. Um, I am I am expecting to be let down by NCAA 2025 because we haven't had the game in over a decade. I got to tell you, probably a less than 0% chance that I play that game ever, unless it's at somebody else's house. It's okay. gonna be cool to have well, it back. It might get day. some live. Might Wait, get some live streams. I'm out. You came. What? You came in guns blazing. There's a less than zero percent chance I ever play that game. Unless at my own house. Some, unless it's at someone else's house. Wait, okay. Pat, see, there's a caveat in there. It's. Ed- <laughs> It would have to be at someone else's house. Billy Ray doesn't have a house, so he will be playing the game. That's true. That's true. So I wasn't lying. He'll be playing the game at at Finn's apartment. Think about about that statement, though. Hey, Billy Ray, there's a 0% chance I would ever swim in your swimming pool. You know why? Because you don't have a swimming pool. (laughs) I'm buying that damn game first day. Yes. Shout out to Clark, because that's that's the right answer. I mean, I... Mm -hmm. You gotta. I still play it. Yeah, anyone that has play a 14. system is gonna go out and grab that thing. If uh, I got it, ha- I gotta tell you, Pete. I'm probably buying an Xbox just to play that game. <laughs> I don't have any of the systems. Um, I was never a big like Call of Duty or you know Halo guy. Um, I was an EA Sports guy, and when they took that game away, they took away it. it essentially, took away Xbox out of my life. Well, so this is I a good question, Pat. Probably procure one. What was the last system? Let's go around this this team we have here. What was the last system you owned? Mine was PS3. Billy? Uh, Xbox One, courtesy of the Military Bowl. Shout out. <laughs> That's awesome. They don't make them like they do anymore. You know where it is? Yeah, it's in my brother's house. <laughs> That's where he has the connect set up. He plays. Uh, he plays Red Dead Redemption like all day. Uh, what was yours, Pat? Mine was the Xbox 360. Okay, yeah, that's, that's a little ways back, right? <laughs> Before that, it was the Wii. We didn't have a PlayStation in the Dude, Finn house. The it, it was awesome. it was GameCube, Wii, Xbox 360. Never had N64, but if I did, it would be Mario Kart. And Super Smash. And oh, we got a touchdown here. I'm sorry if I'm ahead of yep. you guys, but Michigan just you, ran it in. This game are Blake Corum. What a run! He's so that good. dude's legit. Man, That's if only Tech recruited fun. him. Yo, I I got so <laughs> mad when I wasn't in. Uh, I don't remember if I wasn't talking or anything. This this rumor of we didn't recruit recruit Blake Corum is just just crazy. Um, Blake Corum one was never coming to Virginia Tech, and two. Everybody recruited Blake Corum. So would just would just like to say that. I'm with Billy in that if Blake Corum wanted tech, he would have been in a tech uniform. But I don't think he was ever gonna come here. It's worked out for him pretty well. Ooh, you're <laughs> oh man, these kickers have had a rough night. Like they have just been right on the line. You know what, Clark? I actually want you to weigh in on this because we talked about this earlier on, like, isn't it aesthetically displeasing that they put uh, stickers on the back of these helmets, the winged helmets, or do you not mind it? You know, I'm indifferent. I mean, I understand because that's kind of their tradition thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, Tech used to do back in the 80s. They did the stars. Is it a tradition? Um, Have they always done that? 
I feel like I haven't seen they, Michigan. They did that. They did in the nineties. I mean, they did in the nineties for 90s. sure. Yeah. Okay. I think when Lloyd Carr took over at Michigan, they quit doing them. Um, because I I've always remembered just the solid, you know, Michigan look without the 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 decals. But I think it's kind of weird how they're all different. Like there's right. different designs for different things. I mean, like Ohio State, it's the Buckeye. Like you know, like uh, here, hold on. Clark's got every helmet in the history of helmets in his yeah. in his basement. Oh. <laughs> is this one? Right. I got the uh, got the Buckeyes on the back. Uh, that's pretty good, wow. uh, dude. <laughs> this is one of my favorite helmets in the in the collection, just because it's so unique. Um, for their I would I would call that unique. 2007, they yeah. did it. Yeah. Wow. So for their spring game in 2007, they wore the VT decals after April 16th. Wow. So. Robbie, well, you need that wild. helmet with with Robbie's guys. wife being a huge uh, Ohio State yeah. fan. You got to get that, that would one. <laughs> uh, that that would go for serious dollars in this household. So, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> it's all custom done, so it's not like it's a real Ohio State helmet. Pretty cool. I'm starting but to feel. I like love Washington... the Buckeyes. I think that looks cool. Yeah. Washington, it's not going to win this game, fellas. I'm starting. <laughs> I'm starting to feel that way. They've had no less than seven chances on (laughs) open wide receivers downfield and not been able to hit on. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of throws high. It's a bad night to have a bad night. Yeah. So much better, Brian. We were talking about that with my dad earlier. Uh, If you want to put up that. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. I'm going one. I think it's at the bottom from Brian. Oh, I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. Yep. Right. He's back. So we're getting a couple. Questions. We're getting a couple of questions in here. One of them, I forget who asked it, so I apologize. What's your favorite position group on the team? And then Brian just asked, how much happy are we with Bowen now versus after four games, which would be the Marshall game? I'll start with position group, wide receivers. They're all dogs. Like it's every single one of their players, they go six or seven deep. Love the wide receiver core, and uh, the, the the Tyler Bowen stuff speaks for itself. I mean, he figured he figured it out. We saw him grow as an offensive coordinator before our eyes. So, uh, I think he's still a little hard headed sometimes, like throwing in driving rainstorm up two touchdowns in the military. <laughs> like, I think sometimes he he doesn't really see what's going on on the field, but he's definitely gotten better. And I think next year you're going to see uh, a well oiled machine on offense. I mean, I'm definitely going Ollie Jennings gets back. shot. Yeah, corners mm-hmm. for sure. I'm definitely going defensive backs. I love our defensive backs. I am so excited to see Stroman continue to grow with this team. I think Dorian Strong is one of the most exciting defensive backs coming back in the ACC this upcoming year. You got Monsoor Delane, and um, somebody's going to step up and and make a name for themselves as well. So she I'm excited. And also, and also, little hat tip, hat tip to our punters and kickers. I mean, yeah, got a the special teams group. were returners. Awesome. Yeah, the special earners. teams Come on. were so special good. Turners, this special teamers. Come on, Steve. Pretty good group. We're bringing back the number eleven punt returner in the country. And what was what was Tootin like? Was he top ten in the country in kick return? He was. Uh, he was number one in the ACC. I don't know what he was. Yeah. And I'm regardless. pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he's has the most kick returns in the country for a touchdown because he has two. And everything goes in the end zone. I'm going to confirm that right now. I think he. I think there was a guy that did three. But regardless, it's our special teams with John Love, the punter. What, what's mm-hmm. our punter? Peter Moore, and 
John Love, and, dude. John Love, and the automatic. returners, dude. It, it's it's a great group. And Stu Holt is a coach of ours that has taken a lot of crap. I I, I don't know if you guys feel that or hear that, but I feel like he has been no, one of the ones that has been picked on more than most. And so, yeah, Sam's raising his hand. Well, I will uh, I will say they had they had dumb dumb doo doo head moments. As a special teams, I just think we're not used to that in Virginia Tech. Like they had moments where they had like 13 guys. But what was the home game? It wasn't per it, I think it might have been Pitt. There you go. We got yeah. a little play here. All right. Mm. Finally hitting those deep passes. I thought he was gonna ain't over. tackle from behind. It's not it's not over. It's not look at what Texas almost did to Washington last week. I mean that, that game I thought it was over and it and it was not. That would have been the most brutal loss. I may have oh, ever yeah. seen if that happened. But yeah, I, I agree. So uh, Jason Swartz in the in the chat is saying bad boys, and I did want to comment on on the wide receiver room, and I didn't get a chance with Tucker, but like the competition in that wide receiver room is so ridiculous with all those guys coming back. Tucker is not like he's signing up for another year with this team, and yeah, he's the lead punt returner, but carving out space in that wide receiver core is no joke. And you got Keelan Adams and Chance Wiggins coming in. Mm-hmm. That is so exciting. <clears throat> Bryce, I know you got a hot take you've been stewing on. Can you give us a hot take? You talking well, <laughs> no. Can you all hear me okay? Oh, Bryce. Yeah, I can. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I had a hot take when we were talking about the defensive backs because you didn't mention – my favorite guy who or, or I don't know if he's going to be the best next year, but I think he's going to be an absolute superstar is Caleb Woodson. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy. Hmm? Did you say Hello? defensive backs or linebackers? Defensive back. Isn't Caleb Woodson a linebacker? He plays a star. I mean, that's kind of a hybrid role, right? A little bit of see Bryce just just came in off the top rope with that. He's like, ah, it's a hybrid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's he's massive. Was he 6'3, 220? Starting some more meaningful minutes. I think he's gonna be awesome. Now I'm a big that fan. just went full full hardball on you. That was what <laughs> <laughs> um, literally just perfectly yeah, I, that was perfect ne- Harbaugh. Like, next time i'm gonna come with a depth move. chart um <laughs> that was we were talking about this the other night because i know we were talking about lovett and woodson so i wasn't sure if you meant love it no well, listen, i think they're both gonna be awesome I, I i was with i was with pat like do how do we consider that star it's it formerly the whip position i guess it's about the same position we would consider that a linebacker, but Keonta Jenkins, a former DB, was playing it this past year. So there is a little bit of a gray area. And I do have high hopes for Caleb Woodson. So I'm with you on that one, Bryce. Mm. Is Keonta coming back? Yeah. We haven't. Mm-hmm. So are we, he's for sure. Is that I, definite? He hasn't done the whole, in my opinion, goofy. Uh, I'm a guy who has more eligibility at my school, but I'm going <laughs> to announce that I'm coming back to the school that I'm currently at. <laughs> Damn, Ed. <laughs> Head after dark, man. You've talked about this. You've talked about this in every all all those group chats I mentioned. You've mentioned it at least once about how I don't. I don't. I don't love it. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. We we make we make we can make fun of guys if that's your preference to be like, why do you have to make these big I'm returning announcements? But here we are asking if a guy's returning or not. 
It helps. He hasn't made one. Or a little <laughs> and, not mention, and not to mention, not to mention, people do do that in real life. Like in LinkedIn, when pe- one of my least favorite things, more than this, is like the LinkedIn thing where it's like, I'm so proud to announce that I have been elevated to regional SVP after many years, and then you get all the kudos and everything else. It's no different than that. Yeah, it is, is it? Should, should, should I do that in my job? Like, I think I, it's a little different. It's February, completely different. And hey, I'm staying <laughs> for another different. year. I don't. I'm yeah, stay, there's no transfer yeah. portal for work. Yeah, it's, you're right. I'm staying. <laughs> guys, look, I'm. I haven't eaten for 30 hours. You guys oh, got to cut me go. some slack. All right, awesome all right everybody, awesome drink. He said he's on a fast. Entering, <laughs> entering the dry the January thing. So <laughs> I, I'm having a milkshake, Billy, after my my uh, 10 piece McNugget. So I'm sorry. <laughs> How funny would it be if LinkedIn, you enter the work workforce uh transfer portal you put out like a graphic and then like all your boys from your job are commenting like dude go be great (laughs) (laughs) this play was wild because i think there's a holding (laughs) washington's on play again actually i i I think there's a holding on washington there's a there's a roughing the passer and a play and a pass interference i Washington's it, offensive line, something is happening because they their center is late to snap the ball every single time. And I don't know what it is. This has been a really good offensive line all season, but they have just been shook all night. They, they lost one of their starters I during the game before the Rose Bowl. Um, so I, I have a generic football question. I want to hear your opinion because the purpose wasn't a hold either, though. So so Michael Penix Jr. threw a prayer. Because someone was in his face while there was a holding penalty. So the play that he created was because of a penalty, right? And he throws a prayer, and the defensive player gets called for pass interference on a play that it does it's already it's over, right? Like it's just I don't know. I think it's just such a bad break that those penalties end up negating each other when Bryce, only- that's an that is an awesome nuanced point. It really is, because I, I agree with you totally. Like the oh, play. Wow. Game over. Oh, oh, this is a, oh, Jesus. That's this. Ooh, there he goes. Oh, boy. He's been high. Oh, all, boy. All been high all night. Wait, if he house, if guys, if he houses this, this has, okay. this has some serious implications. Former oh, Hokie. What's, Mike what's the, Sanitra? what's the over under? It's got to be really, it's got to it, be it's in the low 50s. Upper 56. Um, actually, it is 56. So a touchdown does it? No. Um, no. No, my math's awful. My apologies. We're nowhere near it. Um, We're nowhere near it. Um, but yeah, man, Penix. This sucks for Penix, man. Not, not do. I mean, he he might have dropped a second rounder tonight. I mean, the defenses he's playing aren't getting easier. I think he was probably out anyway. I mean, there was four guys. There was four guys there. (laughs) Uh, he's he, he had a he had the guy he had Polk open. Um, he had Polk on the fly route number two. Mm. Not a fly route, but he they confused. Had. I mean, this was the defensive performance that Michigan put out that they confused him enough that we saw a lot of uncharacteristic things from Michael Penix tonight. He missed. He missed so touchdown. Many. Oh, their O line got bullied. Their O line did wow. get bullied. Um, Ooh, not quite. And while so we're talking. Football Good. stuff. Um, 
Michigan runs a really complex running scheme. People think they just go in I formation. They do a lot of NFL stuff with their offensive line and their motions. That's given Washington issues all year. Utah does the same stuff, and Utah, who was a terrible offense all year, was able to run all over them. Tech isn't doing it quite to the level of that Michigan is. I mean, they don't have the dudes up front, but Michigan is – they're, they are as good as they are because they're running NFL scheme stuff. And I think yeah. hopefully that can just kind of elevate their playbook next year with everybody coming back because it does make a big difference. I think when Harbaugh first got hired, they were saying that he runs, he'll run power in like 20 different setups. Like he, it's just so complex and what their run scheme is. It's like you said, it's, it's Is that pretty Jeter? My buddy, my buddy, yeah. uh, my buddy Steve just texted. He said that is the most insane cash out I've ever had. He, so he had Quorum over two touchdowns. That is a crazy way to cash out on Quorum two touchdowns. Yeah, for real. Shout out to my guy Scotty Rude in the comments. By the way, I see you, Scotty. Scotty. It's Scotty doesn't know. <laughs> my wife has never seen Euro Trip. And I've been telling her, like, I'll, I will say me scoozy like all the time. And she's like, I don't know what that is. You said I've never stupid. seen a Euro trip. Is it a funny movie? Oh, it's, it's a classic dude from, at least from the standpoint, it's definitely of, got like, its moments of our young, like a young millennial type person. Like you need to see Euro trip. Me scoozy. I'm, I'm looking at the actors. I don't know anybody except Matt Damon. You know, Harriet, the spy. <laughs> Matt Damon, I don't think even plays a main character. <laughs> Fred Armisen is in there. He's the guy that says "me scoozy," and it's that's yeah. one of the best lines in the, in the movie. But anyway, I digress. This this game, uh, Washington had not seen a power run game like this most of the year. I think Sam, you might have mentioned Utah, but yeah. it, it's this is what they're gonna see week in and week out next year in the Big Ten. And it's going to be interesting. But, was it was it just a one-game thing, or is this? The first quarter and the fourth quarter, Washington, Michigan did it differently. When So in the first quarter, they were spreading the ball around a little bit and getting some misdirection, and it opened up the run game. And then they went away from it, and then the Huskies crowded the line of scrimmage. They shut down the run for nearly two quarters, and then Michigan finally got their heads out of their ass, and they went back to it and started throwing the ball around a little bit. And it's done. It's done. Yeah. So here's you also question. look at the last like four years, you know, back to when Alabama, Georgia, Georgia, and now Michigan, the team that were the most physical ended up winning the national championship. You know, you look at Michigan two years ago, we we're talking about earlier, they were totally manhandled by Georgia. And I feel like that was probably one of the moments where they're yeah. like, we need to grow up as a football team and we need to dominate players on the both sides of the ball, like in the line of scrimmage. So maybe this is the game. Hey, we're moving to the Big Ten. We're playing, you know, a little more pro style offense, big boy football. We need to get more physical if we or we're gonna get left behind. And maybe this is like their it's tough to swallow right now, but maybe two or three years from now we're watching a totally different Washington team going, man, they they are a lot tougher than the the team that was led by Michael Penix Jr. I want to say this uh, on Brian's point. I do need some DP dough, Scotty. Um, <laughs> on Brian's point, I got to tell you, as as much as I was rooting for Washington, like I I can imagine everybody in here would be something would be 
the level of insufferable that David Portnoy, if Virginia Tech was playing for a national championship, probably going to be pretty insufferable on the internet. That's just, yeah. that's just going to be a given. Now, my he, question, sets a, he sets a high bar, though. He does. He does. <laughs> to be he fair. Does, he does set a high bar. What my question. Go ahead. Is Jim Harbaugh. I don't see any reason for him to, to coach at Michigan next year. He won mm-hmm. a national championship. The NCAA hates him and makes his life extremely difficult. Do you guys think he comes back next year? I don't know what else you can accomplish. I don't know why you would leave. I'm in Ed's camp. I don't know why you would leave the culture and what you've got going on in Michigan to go coach the Raiders. Like, what what are you going to do? Like, I just think he's a Michigan guy. College football is exhausting, though. That's what I'm going to say. Can you imagine being a college football recruiting a kid on your team? But it's Jim Harbaugh. He lives for the exhausting. He lives for being obnoxious. Like that. I mean, you can be exhausting and obnoxious in the NFL just as much. I just don't see him like, like the Raiders or the Chargers. I mean, like, I mean, the Patriots, New England. I mean, well, I think if New England does open up, Variable's going to leave Tennessee, but. I don't know. I just, he's been linked to the Chargers the most and the Raiders the most, it seems. And I mean, at least the Chargers, you have Herbert, so you can kind of wrap your head. We've around. got a lot of college football fans on this panel. And I know Robbie and I are aligned as we've known each other for a long time. But like the NFL is so soulless. Like exactly what you were just saying, Bill, like, or Ed. Uh, you know, what's he going to do? Go to the Raiders? Like, you're at your alma mater. You're a Michigan man. You you may have just led them to a national championship. It's looking pretty good. Like, you could build a whole legacy for yourself. You're making $11 million a year, but you want to go coach. Legacy for himself? The, the, he did it. He just won a title at Michigan. It hasn't been done since, like, World I'm War II, saying, essentially. Yeah, like, I'm not saying coach, like, Going to coach the Raiders is a bad thing. They're just no, not. it is. It is a bad thing. It is. I think it's down more him and his brother than anything it's else. It's just yeah. Um, Whether that it, like, he feels like he needs to go elevate to like be at that level. Um, go win a Super Bowl. Yeah. But he lost a Super Bowl to his brother, correct? So like, there's a yeah. certain amount of like I need to go do that to a competitive guy. I understand, but. If your end game is coaching one of the most historic programs to their first national title, their first solo national title since 1948, that's pretty freaking awesome. And you should maybe just stay there and keep doing it. I think if I was Harbaugh, what I would do is want to be promoted to like director of football operations, like a GM, but not be the head coach. So like he is involved in every way that he wants to be. He can be in the box. He could be on the field, but he doesn't have to be answering all the questions. He doesn't have to be recruiting all the time. Like he would be super involved, have say of everything, but not be the head coach. Well, that, that role does not exist, obviously, in college football. It's uh, college football changes, it could. It's, you know, college football is in a really weird place right now with, you know, the playoff changing and NIL and conference realignment and all these, all this outside noise. If he just wants to go coach football at a really high level, you, then you go to the NFL, you don't have to deal with any of these yeah. distractions. So mm-hmm. I, I get it from that perspective. I just, I wonder what job he wants. And I'm sure that he's got one he's eyeing. Um, I would think maybe the Chargers with Justin Herbert or maybe the Commanders with the draft capital and the free and the capital itself. In that's terms of that's what I'm saying. It's not, it's not even like a, a normal, like 
college coaching is exhausting, uh, completely exhausting. And especially when the NCAA is out to get you, which whether it's under his own doing, which it is, I, I love how Michigan has played kind of the victim throughout this entire thing, but um, you just want a title at Michigan. I don't see anything else that you can possibly want to or do accomplish at Michigan. You brought a title back to Michigan. Bo Schembechler never won a national title. Right. He just did it. It's so, so hard. It's so hard. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what he's gonna do. I'm interested to see it. I, I I'm I, I wouldn't call myself a fan, but he is certainly entertaining. Um, and he's been fun for college football. I mean, he took Stanford from the dumpster to beating mm-hmm. us in an orange bowl. Like that. Us. It, that yeah. was night. I don't with think he would make more money in the NFL than he would in college. I agree. Bill, I'm with he's you. making eleven million dollars. Yeah. He no, I don't think money. NFL coaches make that much. How much yeah, he was. He will though. Um, I, I have something, I, I think the Harbaugh thing, ESPN is going to have a field day with it after this game, by the way, um, real quick, because the football game is, is definitely over. Uh, who wins in a fight, a Wolverine or a Husky? <laughs> oh, Wolverine. Definitely. I think, a Wolverine, I think a Wolverine. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. think a Wolverine. Huskies are great it. dogs. <laughs> Robbie has a very docile uh, husky, and that's one of my frames of reference. So I'm going to go with the Wolverine. They're all docile. <laughs> Huskies are actually very docile uh, animals, so get the you'd get the shit kicked out of it. At least my dog would. <laughs> Wolverines have like the claws, right? <laughs> my buddy is like the X Men. There you go. There's Sam's dog. What husky is nice. uh, not liking the outcome of this game, but he's got the brownies next week. To- what would, <laughs> Billy, what would win in, in a uh, in a fight? Jackson in a in a phone booth with a Wolverine? <laughs> I want to know who's winning that don't, fight. Don't ask don't ask him. Uh anything, it would be it would be him. Yeah, he got with these. Be like, with these with calls. These? With these I will, I will say, Billy right. I I text, I texted you, you didn't respond. I know you're a very busy man. I do think your brother could fend off a cheetah attack. <laughs> It's really, it's not personal, Sam. Good Lord. I'm just really, really. 226 texts? It's not, it's not, it's not, oh, it's not you. It's me. It really, it's really, it's a bad thing that I do. I, I, I do. There, there's biological reasons your brother could fend off a cheetah attack. Maybe. Yeah. Is UConn a husky? Penix I, is getting beat up. That is true, Alex. Penix looks All right. So let's, let's look forward to 2024. What's the, uh, what's the road game you're looking forward to the most? It's got to be Nashville. Oh, it's the next one. Everybody's uh, looking forward to Nashville. It's first okay. one Labor Day weekend. Um, nine yards. I'm, is, is, I'm Nashville, the, is Nashville the closest away game? Which is kind of crazy to think about because was it Miami? We play at Duke this year. Duke, you're right. Duke's the closest one. He's I'm your road trip happy. guy. I Vanderbilt's think the second for I me at Stanford. least. I'm excited to go to Stanford. Would you guys? Uh, I want to go to Stanford too. I'm kind of. I love San Francisco. To go to Miami. That, that whole Bay Area is awesome. Oakland's a little sketchy. Hadn't really done much Oakland, but a little. Man, like, isn't it oh, nuts though that we don't Oakland play in like rather a, sketchy. we don't play <laughs> in like one crazy away game atmosphere. At ODU, uh, what are you? Are you disrespecting the dome, Bryce? <laughs> yeah, I hate sure. that place. I, I, this is the most look, stale place if, for a college football if, game if ever. You guys want to get into it about my views on Kyle McCord? We can do it because mm-hmm. I, 
I, I, the Syracuse, I don't think's going to be a threat. Hack is looking forward to Syracuse. No, it's funny because last time, one of the times they could beat us, but they could. Um, for me, like living in Jersey, Syracuse is one of the closest games I can drive to. So I'm, yeah, but how far is it from your point? I may very well go. Listen, guys, Syracuse is a long way. It's that's not, it's like equidistant. Really, right. I got you want to comment on geography. Syracuse is like Syracuse, Syracuse is not close to New York City. Yeah, Pat, I don't think you know what you're talking about. Syracuse is six hours north of Bergen County, New Jersey. Six. Lives south of it's me. not. It's not six hours. It's like three it's and a half hours. hours. It's probably five hours from Philadelphia. My, listen, the distance from me to Toronto and my me to Blacksburg is the same. Like that, like in South Jersey, I'm being like, that's how far know, that Blacksburg is, and <laughs> so, hours. but. I will probably be in attendance for that Syracuse game. That's besides the point. The ones I'm looking for, I'm not looking forward to that game because I'm afraid of it. I, I hate going to the Dome. It's not going to be fun. The JMA uh, Wireless Dome. <laughs> Jamal. Yeah, it's like someone carpeted a basement. That's what it's That's what it's like at that thing. I want to pour one out for my guy, Chris Partridge. He got absolutely oh. crucified by the NCAA incorrectly. Dude, this is I hope brutal that they for do him. The right thing and get it. I know. I hope that he still gets a ring because he certainly. Should. I think they would. I think they would. Mm-hmm. Billy Ray, how far? How far is Bergen County, New Jersey, from Syracuse? Six hours. Three hours. Three, three hours and fifty minutes. I just looked it up. <laughs> it's pretty close. <laughs> That's not close. I mean, I relative relative to the conversation, it's closer. I have, Man, I have go to Syracuse. Well, yeah. I guess we can just, as this game ends up, the confetti's fallen. Uh, looking forward, 2024 starts now. We are about, I don't know, what is it, January, February, March, about, about three months away from spring game, fellas. I think we need to end with record predictions. Ooh, mm. I like that, Sam. Subject to change. All right, I got the schedule here, and I'll read it off, and you guys can kind of listen and not listen, and and then pick your pick your predictions. But it's at Vandy, Marshall, at ODU, Rutgers, and then Virginia's later in the year, and these are the ones that are not scheduled: at Duke, at Miami, at Stanford, at Syracuse. Those are the four away games in conference. I'm so glad the Miami thing has been brought back, but we are going on the road. And then Boston College at home, Clemson at home, Georgia Tech at home. You look that schedule up and down, and I think the closest road game is is Duke. It's Duke. Right? Yeah. yeah. So and I've been to Wallace Wade a couple times. There's nothing to see there, but it's a fun, it's it's a fun trip. Uh record prediction. I'll go first since I'm in the top corner here. I think we're going to win nine games, nine and three. I'm going with nine and three as well. I'm, I'm terrified is the wrong word. I think Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech are both going to be much improved next year. I think both techs have a chance to be really, really good next year. Two Brents. Pat. Pat's on mute. How many of you guys just listened to Jim Harbaugh talk about confetti? That was I did not. hilarious. None of us. 
<laughs> He's like, we'll look at this confetti, hey, man. Hey, hey, Pat, in this podcast, we're, we're already on 2024. If you didn't hear <laughs> a moment ago. We're asking <laughs> re- record, record prediction next Michigan year. Is, the, Michigan is already the defending champs. We're, we're on the 2024. The confetti falling from the sky, it tells a story. That's what he said. It was awesome. Uh, we're going nine and three. Nice. That's three nine and threes. What you got, Sam? I just was writing down W's and L's when you were going through that, and I got ten and two. Ooh. Um, I I would set Vegas is probably going to set that over under at like eight, even. I would guess. I would definitely go over. Um, Tech is due to win one of these major home games, and that would be Clemson. So I think that's the one that people are chalking up as an L. Tech's they're, they're due to win one of those games. Nine or ten wins. Uh, Robbie, what you got? Uh, I have a set off of what you just read. I have a set ten and two, believe it or not. Let's go, Robbie. Yeah, baby. Go, Robbie. <laughs> Yeah. This is not optimistic. And and the, this and this, this I think six the and six. <laughs> come wide on, rec- wide receivers are the big difference there. I agree. The wide receiver room is stacked. Ed, what do you have? Uh I'll go nine and three. I was gonna say eight and four, but then I would just never hear the end of it from Billy Ray. So nine <laughs> and three. Even though, I, even though, again, those multiple group chats I have with Billy Ray, he has said ten and two. Constantly in group. I've chat. said. T- I think I've said ten and two like the last three years. Though, so. <laughs> so, so, I respect the optimism. The the nine and three prediction on January eighth. I guarantee when the sons of Saturday press record in August, it will not say nine and three. Yeah, it'll be Pat Billy Ray. I don't see a loss in the schedule. Yeah, <laughs> are you seeing a loss? We've already booked our natty tickets. All right, Clark, what do you got? I'm expecting us to play in Charlotte next year. Ooh. I think Ooh. Tech is they're, they're setting up. I mean, this is this is their time to make a run. So I will say uh, I will say ten and two as well. Maybe even eleven and one. You never know. Oh, there's going to be confetti falling from the sky. That's right. But <laughs> Tech like Tech Tech is due, man. I mean, it's this 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 crew knows what they're doing. They, they got everybody coming back. There's a lot of momentum. There's so much it's momentum. Be a good year. They've done they've done everything right in terms of the building. Bryce, what do you what's your call? You know how bad Bryce Bryce has every opportunity to say twelve and zero right now. He has every opportunity to do. Somebody's got to say it, right? I did eleven and one. It's so weird because I can see us going anywhere from eight and four to eleven and one. I I think it's just so hard to win every game to get up. Go for it. Um, if I had to bet on it, which I will, um, I think nine and three. I, I kind of look at Clemson, Miami. We're going to split New Jersey, Rutgers. Be sorry, Rutgers, Georgia Tech. We're going to split, and then like Duke, Stanford. We're going to split just because Stanford's a long way, and Duke's actually pretty decent. Um, I say probably nine and three. I'm I'm kind of hoping we can go ten and two with like losses to Rutgers and say Miami and be in Charlotte and. Those are the two weirdest losses. Like I, you would, well, well, I don't see Tech losing we, to Rutgers at all. I, yeah, I, I don't think, see that either. Rutgers. When I mean, you think about it, when was the last time Tech played a non-conference home and home and lost both games? I mean, That's, everybody, LSU, Ohio State—they at least State, split. Man. And this they're, isn't—they're not going to lose to Rutgers. I, I listen. 
we lo- we lost in ugly fashion this year, but I think we all know there are some extenuating circumstances. But oh, you know those guys won't win that game. But what Bryce, I, I also understand like where Bryce is coming from, and that like we have no idea. Like this team is still it's not linear, right? Like in terms of the growth, and we saw it this year. We're gonna lose a super weird game next year. None of us can name yeah. what it is, it's been but it literally could be any game. game. Yeah. But what if I saw a meme on one of those like uh, inspiration pages? I think some like fit chick posted it, and it was a bunch of flowers, and it said, Sex "What if pot. it all? What if it all just works out? Wait, what if this, we don't lose that weird game? What if we just don't?" I think you know that Clemson's game. I think my Clemson's biggest problem. Thursday. I think my biggest problem with the Rutgers game is, let's say week five is, um, what's what's a home game um, in conference that's not Clemson? Um, Pitt. I don't know. What do we got? No, I don't think we play Pitt. Oh, yeah. Boston College. Georgia Tech. Virginia. BC, Boston College. Yeah, BC. Boston College. So like, let's say the schedule comes out and we get Boston College week five. Okay, we beat Vanderbilt. We take care of business at Marshall. Okay. Now you're sitting there going, Shh, damn. We shouldn't lose for a little bit, and we should be five and zero. Oh. And and that that's just uncharted territory for every for for the school for a long time. It is right. And now you're kind of looking ahead, and you get like it just gets a little tighter. Rutgers has a solid running back, and like you said, we just you just don't know. Like every, every year, I feel like we inflate the wins losses, and I hope I, I hope we go twelve and zero. Oh. Hope we go eleven and one. Like I think. I think we can be next year's Missouri. Missouri went six and seven in 2020 and two, two years ago, and they would have made the playoffs this year as the nine seed. I don't think they, that beating we, everyone on their schedule, they're supposed to. They lost yeah. to the two teams they were they weren't supposed to, and they would have made the playoffs. Virginia Tech can certainly be that team next year with the pieces yeah. they have. But this staff, this staff learned how to win this year. You they could did. tell. You could yeah. see that in. Which doesn't I, and Clark's not saying that we win every game, but I think I don't think we're gonna we inflate or have been even inflating the wins and losses. I think maybe a couple of years ago we were. Um, I said we'd go six and six this year. We went six and six. I think just knowing with a team that's rebuilding and building the way that we are, it is so like the prediction is hard. Like I don't think we'll lose to BC oh, yeah. this next year. Like they stink. Like they're they're kind of a dead man walking program. But if they beat us, it wouldn't shock me one bit. Like that that's the scary thing. It's like that we are still in a position where I don't know if we can put every single crappy team down. Yeah, and everybody also potential. is there is. is a lot of teams are also gonna have to explore, you know, are dealing with a new quarterback, right? Like we saw that across the country. It it seems like like at Alabama, you just assume, oh, we're going to have a great quarterback. And they obviously struggled for a little bit to find their footing for a quarterback. You know, um, everyone is going to be dealing with that. That looks like Miami's going to rock with an FCS guy next year. So, yeah, that, that Poffenberger thing. I mean, he was good for Albany this year, but that is shocking. Do you think that's their answer, Sam? I think it Did is. that work for uh, Virginia? <laughs> no, it's, this guy's much. This guy's much, much better than Musket. This guy's a, a legit thrower. He was in the playoffs. I mean, you have to look. At, I forget the name of the backup who played against Rutgers. And he's a dual threat guy, exciting, but like he would have gotten the job over Van Dyke if already. 
right? They wouldn't have waited to the bowl game if they liked him. So obviously there's something they don't like about him. I just, I, I look at the teams Virginia Tech plays and like outside of Clemson, I think Clemson has a lot of question marks, but they'll obviously be very good. Um, you know, I, I think Boston College might be a little bit better. Georgia Tech might be a little bit better. Jeez, like geez. there's a lot of question marks on pretty much every team Tech plays except for Virginia Tech, you know, and, and I, I just, I, I think what they've done keeping this roster together is a one in a million thing in, it is. in college football right now. It's what Missouri did last year in order to get that team to where they are. It's what NC state did last year as well. They almost got to 10 wins this season. Um, so that seems to be kind of the key to these magical big double digit win seasons is just keep guys in the program. And then yeah. Tech did that. Did you see this? I, I think you guys see this. I, I, I don't know who else is on to read that. Who's committed? Quinshawn Judkins to Ohio State. Ooh. Is Travion gone? Is he going to the NFL? That's what I'm like curious about. It's interesting that he would go there if he didn't know that he was going to get the majority of the carries. Yeah. Because he's also, not going to get the majority of the carries if Henry Henderson is there. One more thing for me, and then I'm going to bed. Me too. <laughs> Barstool, there, there's nobody better at Barstool at this kind of stuff. Taylor Lewan is standing in his house holding a Jim Harbaugh Champs t-shirt as the game ends, already printed, ready to put it on. Portnoy has a brand new hoodie on in the stadium at the game, the moment oh the game God. ends. They had the merch printed and in his They're backpack at the game. That's going to be a really, really crappy jinx, though. It would have been. It's all about the merch, though. I'm going to bed. All right, listen. That was a, it was a great night, uh, and I want to just say my piece on this. Thank you for everyone that joined us throughout the evening. Uh, I'm sure none of the first guests are listening anymore, but Bryce is back. Clark is still here. Ed, thank you for hanging out for the fourth quarter, and it was a great no- it was a great time. I think all of us had a great time watching the game. I wish it had been a little bit more competitive down the stretch, but thank you all. And uh, Pete, thank think- you. You put this yeah, whole thanks, thing together, Pete, dude. You you crushed it. Yeah. Fantastic job, Pete. I, we, I we did a great to. job of talking over Pat every chance I got. And Sam, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I can't I can't resist the urge to host. I even if you're in the driver's seat, and that's my bad. But uh, I love you all, and I think this was a good season. Next year, we're gonna blow it up big time. We like, are. It's, well, we got to do it in Nashville. We got to do <laughs> yeah. that tailgate at Rutgers this year was was great. We got to do that again in Nashville. Oh yeah. We got spring game weekend first. Let's not get too far ahead of ourselves yet. <laughs> oh, Robbie, you weren't on with with uh, Bryce earlier. You got to play golf in this thing. Oh, I'm I'm definitely gonna have to do it. So that that is happening. I, so, I think Pat I Finn say? has. I think Pat Finn has said that spring game is a can't miss weekend in Blacksburg. <laughs> yeah. Print the shirt, sons of strokes. <laughs> uh, please say something else, Pete. We can't end on that. Uh, yeah, listen, the birds. <laughs> no, 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 bird. no, God, no. Uh, and until next time, when we birds are bringing you the best of the best off-season content, whether it's on the YouTube channel, Sons of Saturday podcast feed, or the 2D podcast feed, go Hokies. <laughs>